So you decided you want to buy a gun, but how do you choose which one? You don't have time to test every handgun, rifle, and shotgun out there. NorCal Gun Vault can help you out. Yeah, the folks that work there are passionate about firearms. They hunt, they shoot. You can tell it's not just a job for them, and it shows in their ability to find the perfect firearm for you. NorCal Gun Vault is fully stocked with hundreds of handguns, rifles, shotguns, not to mention tons of ammo, dozens of accessories. Yeah, whether shooting is just a hobby, you're a hunter, or you're thinking about owning your first gun, NorCal Gun Vault has exactly what you're looking for. By the way, if cash is tight right now, but you really want to get a gun, NorCal Gun Vault will work with you to create a layaway program individually tailored to what makes sense for your budget. NorCal Gun Vault opens seven days a week, locally owned and operated. Check them out at NorCalGunVault.com. NorCalGunVault.com. It really matters when you're dealing with experts. Go to NorCalGunVault.com, NorCalGunVault.com. I jumped on the Twitter machine last night just to see what some of my favorite pundits were saying about the news of the day, specifically the whole Scaramucci stuff. Ow! Forget about it. And a popular one that was being retweeted by many of them from somebody I didn't recognize, but they are were all retweeting it, was, I honestly thought I had seen everything <laughs> from, you know, uh, veteran seasoned cynical journalists who've been following stuff for a long time. I honestly thought I'd seen everything because that was uh, the Mooch. The Mooch's interview with the New Yorker, something different, something new. Interview, call, rant. What is going on? What is going on? He's seasoned, though he is not old. He's Ron Meyer, editor for Red Alert Politics. Is he cynical? Well, we'll find out. A website for and uh, by millennials about politics and what's going on in the country. Hello, Ron. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, when I saw this story, I read it to my wife and I read it to a couple of my colleagues, and we were trying to figure out if it was parody at first. It was like a joke article that was like, you know, this is what he would say, and like it was like if he were stick. a crazy like, person. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for the tell. I'm like reading through the article. Where's the tell? Like this is a joke, or this is like what we think he really would say if he went on the like. It's like there was no tell. I'm like, holy, this is this is real life. And yeah. not off the record, apparently, and now he's trying to pitch it as well. Uh, that'll teach me to trust a reporter. This guy's in charge of the White House communications program, reports directly to the president's FU, Reince, uh, the president, and, and and he doesn't know when you're talking to a reporter, you got to make it clear if something's off the record. That just, I can't even comprehend that. Honestly, it's hard to comprehend, like, what it must be like to walk into the West Wing right now. You know what I mean? Between, like, him saying he's going to fire everyone and then doing this. He said he wanted to kill everyone. <laughs> and the way he acts, I, I, there was there was a uh, an anonymous White House insider, a uh, member of the staff, who wouldn't give their name, who said, I'm actually physically scared to go in tomorrow. <laughs> because he seems crazy. Thankfully, the, the Supreme Court finally said that, you know, the D.C. carry law is, is illegal. But the thing is, you definitely can't get anything inside the West Wing. So once you're in there, you're basically at the mercy of uh, of the mooch. 
Just, hey, just look around for something heavy. Crack him over the head and run. Kick him in a sack grab and the, run. Grab the bust of Churchill and hit him in the face. <laughs> so uh, it's important to mention that Ron Meyer of Red Alert Politics, of course, is an avowed uh, lefty and a big Hillary Clinton fan and anti-Trump from the beginning. Oh, no, that's right. You're exactly the opposite of that. Because we, you know, uh, you can't say anything critical, uh, critical about the administration without bringing out the big Trump fans who are very angry at you for doing that because it's us or them. Um, but listen, as a guy who who thinks the way you think, did, is there any chance this is a carefully hewn strategy at this point? Definitely not carefully hewn. I don't think it's a strategy at all. I think it's mostly, I, I mean, I think a lot of the Trump fans think that they, they agree a lot with what the mooch has to say, just because, I, I mean, I think a lot of people are frustrated with the leaks. They're frustrated. Absolutely, and a lot of it is felonious. That's true. Yeah, well, and frankly, they're like frustrated with the like the establishment hacks that are in the West Wing that were hired. But I mean, people warned that. I mean, a lot of people were warning them when Rice was bringing his people, and it's like, well, these, these people aren't going to be loyal to Trump. We were saying that sort of from the beginning, and so now that this is happening. It's sort of like, okay, well, this is what happens. And then, the, frankly, it's just what I think most frustrating to people who want the president to succeed is that the president is attacking his own loyalists and people who want him to succeed. And then within the West Wing, it's a total, I mean, everybody's firing at each other. And it's just, it's hard to tell who's in charge, who should we actually be listening to, and who actually has a strategy. Um, and unfortunately, I mean, it's really hard to find people that have their hands clean in the, in the White House right now, except for maybe Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who I think is trying to be as straight of a player as possible in support of the president. But outside of that, it seems like everyone is gaming and scheming against each other within the West Wing and outside the West Wing. It's just, it's a total circular firing squad in Washington. Well, listen, not only do I have sympathy for the idea of tossing out the establishment hacks, I have great enthusiasm for it. I love that idea. But what about Steve Bannon? Mooch going after Steve Bannon like he's, like he's Paul Ryan or that, that was just Nuts to yeah, me. and you said he was just uh, Mooch was just saying things that are true. I don't think Bannon can do that. I don't think he physically <laughs> could pull that off. I'd have yeah, to see pictures. Service himself. Yeah, I just don't think he can do I it. I tend to agree with you personally. I think what this is is basically Trump hires this guy to clean house, and he hasn't really had the meetings and the conversations yet. You know, with Bannon, yeah, he's definitely not pro-establishment, but there's no doubt. I mean, I think everyone has somewhat of their own interests at heart. I mean, just by nature, and so. You know, if you want to try to get someone else out of the West Wing that's opposing your agenda, then maybe you are trying to get some dirt on them or whatever. And I could see that those sort of dynamics happening. And that might, might be what he's talking about with Bannon. But it's hard for me to think that after two or three days in the West Wing that he really has an idea of what Bannon has been doing. It's been well publicized what's happened with the people that Reince Priebus brought in. It might not be Reince himself, but the, the fact is that the people who are in the RNC, whether it's Spicer or Mark Short, and, and those folks were doing some sort of, of leaking. It seems pretty apparent that that's the case. Uh, but I, it doesn't seem like he actually has any verifiable evidence on Ryan's previous or on Steve Bannon at this hey. point. But he's just so frustrated. He's just so frustrated at this point where he's just taking – he's just he just has an M4 out, and he's just running around in a circle. That's right. Well, like. so- we're literally just busting in the White House and just – firing around saying, you know what, if, if I shoot everyone, then we're still in better shape if it's just me and the president standing here. Yeah, well, I do think he thinks that. I was wondering if there's any movement in your mind on the whole Trump-Russia thing. Um, I saw uh, Mark Halpern on Charlie Rose last night, and he said, he said there, you know, a lot of Democrats believed it from the beginning, not a lot of Republicans. He said, starting two weeks ago, like it did with me, 
that whole episode changed some Republicans' minds. And now the session stuff, the Mueller rumors, why is he acting so scared about this investigation? The, the Mark, uh, Mark Halpern's reporting was there are a lot of Republicans that are now concerned there is some real there there because the president just seems like a cornered beast over all this sort of stuff. Colluding with the Russians, that aspect of it? Or, or, or the financial ties, uh. you know, going way back. But there was something really ugly that he just can't tolerate being out there because he's acting so irrational. Do you have any concern about that, that there really is something to the whole Russian thing? I mean, it, that's the problem, is that I think his, his he's so frustrated that his agenda has been stopped that he's doing all this to try to get off of the rhetoric about Russia. But in doing so, he's also making himself look guilty. Like, he's acting guilty whether or not he is. And, he, and the problem is, is that for people like us, I think it's like, well, maybe there was something there. Maybe there is still something more to come out, because otherwise, why would he be doing this? Uh, and frankly, what I feel like with some of this stuff with hiring uh, the mooch, as I like to call him, is that, is that he's almost trying to create other distractions. Because frankly, if you look at the news list last week, I mean, Russia hasn't really been dominating all that much. It's either been Obama, the Obamacare craziness or about about Scaramucci, about Scaramucci himself. And so it's like, you know, it's hard to, it's, it's, it's almost like one of these things where they want distractions. They want stuff in the press in order, as long as it's distracting from things they think hurts them. Well, it also could get it's, just it's down hard to, to, it's hard to figure out. it could just get down to a personality, some people's personalities. And it's, it's twisted and sick. If you, if you have this personality, I think you grew up in an awful household. If you have it, some people are just more comfortable when everything is chaotic because that's the way it was when they were a kid. And the only time they feel normal and comfortable is when things are in mass chaos. Trump could be one of those people. They crave conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I just, he must have a heart of steel or something. I just don't know how you could go through the day with all of this circling around. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, you would think that, you'd think you'd think, I just, I want things to calm down. I want people to get along. I want to stop flipping on the cable news and there's a crisis. I'd just like that for a couple of days. He doesn't, he seems to be the opposite. I mean, think about Reince Priebus, because you know Reince Priebus isn't one of those guys. I mean, let's be honest. If he probably still wasn't using Just for Men gel, he'd probably have the whitest hair right now. I feel so sorry for that guy. <laughs> if he's not leaking, and if he's not leaking, I feel really sorry for that guy, because I can't imagine being chief of staff in this White House right now. He's got to be aging about 10 years a day. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. This is yet another example where it's all true. There are wildly leaking leakers in the White House, in the West Wing, and in the Intelligence Service, and in the Department of Justice, and they all ought to be jailed. And it's true that Scaramucci's out of his mind. And it's true that Trump thrives on chaos. And it's true they're not getting anything done. There might be some there there with the Russian thing. Uh, Actually, I want to talk about that more because it's grown more complicated and interesting to me. Um, because the Russians were obviously playing both sides in varieties of ways, but I just I don't I don't know. I, it's just this this is crazy. Oh, well, Where it ends, I swear to God, it, every political episode uh, chapter I've observed since I was a little kid because I've been into this for a long time. I've had a couple of guesses of where it might end. Now today, I have no idea, no well, clue. The only good news, the only good news is you can bring out Queen Bohemian Rhapsody as a great radio bumper and start playing Scaramucci. Scaramucci, can you do the Fandango? Clearly, you know what I mean. Yeah, that, that's about that's about it. I feel about I feel like the White House in Washington D.C. is about as crazy as Bohemian Rhapsody. But, <laughs> I mean, if you, if you play that song right now and 
and you listen to it, you're like, wow, this is about exactly how it feels. Galileo, Galileo, Galileo <laughs> Magnifico, Ron Meyer of Red Let Alert Politics. <laughs> Let me go. I'm just a poor boy. <laughs> All right, Ron, good to talk to you, buddy. Thank you. All right, see ya. You know, I wish I could put a little bow on this to make it a little more comprehensible and as if we had any idea, you know, what we're what we're trying to talk about here. But it's it is chaos. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And and I've lost the thread. I felt like I yeah. kind of had the thread of where things were going or what was tying it together or in my mind at least. Now I've completely lost the thread. I have no idea. I have no idea who's trying to accomplish what for what reason. It just is, well, chaotic. All right, listen, we got to do some of this intelligence stuff coming up in a couple of minutes. A really, really good report to help you understand that Russian lawyer lady and the goons she had with her meeting with Donald Jr. and what they were doing and why they were doing it. Um, Also, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee has said that Obama political operatives requested the unmasking of hundreds of American names for political purposes last term, which is a huge scandal, which can't get enough air to stay conscious. Lighter fair, Game of Thrones, huge hit, biggest hit on cable. What other shows are people watching if you want to get turned on to some shows as we head into TV season? All that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Galileo, Galileo, Galileo Figaro. What's Axios? What is Axios, Sean? Uh, it's a, I'm not familiar with it. I got that story through an aggregator, but they okay. generally don't take uh, shaky kind of... Okay. It's a political places. website. It's where uh, Mike Allen left from Political. Oh, that's right. Axios. Yeah, and he's big time. Okay. He's got as big time of connections as anybody in D.C. has got. Why do I hear commercials and stuff? Vince, uh, we hear what you're auditioning in our headphones. Okay. No, so Axios said, I didn't know that's Mike Allen's thing. Okay, well, that's legit. Yeah. Um, so they are reporting that Trump loved Scaramucci's profanity-laced rant to the New Yorker, according to sources they have close to the president. Um, I don't get why you just don't fire people. But I don't get it either. Because he's into making public shows of fights. Trump loved the Mooch quotes, but President Trump doesn't like being upstaged, so he is worried about that, that it's getting more attention than him. Okay, but that's, he, that's, that's, where's that from? Axios, Mike Allen. Yeah, but what's his source for I, that? I don't know. The president's concerned because he doesn't like being upstaged. I mean, who would say that? Yeah, there's know. no Ryan's way. Previous, that's uh-huh. a good point. There's no way the president says that out loud, so that'd have to, that would have to be somebody's guess. Right. Yeah, that's just, it's a gossip rag. Yeah. Okay. I'm not Steve Bannon. I'm not trying to S my own C. Mm. That's some, that's some harsh talk right there. The New Yorker. Difficult to bounce back from that. Hey, you're telling the press I fillet myself? What are you talking about? I used to subscribe to the New Yorker. They have, uh, they have like over your head witty cartoons. They're very droll. You don't get even why that's funny. Right. They have reviews of plays. (laughs) They don't have people talking about S in their own C. Complaint department. My wife's a slut. (laughs) Now that's a complaint. Sorry. That isn't. As an aged Seinfeld reference. Yes, and who hates Seinfeld Kansans? We learned that yesterday. (laughs) Fantastic. Um. (laughs) So, listen, a bit of a snafu here. I asked Vincent for something, but I didn't give him specific enough directions. It's my fault. Do you have it yet, Vince? This is an effing paranoiac. 
<laughs> I don't think he is. Um, it, you do have it. Yeah, I couldn't narrow it down exactly, but here's a few seconds of what was going on before. So, Okay, no problem. All right. As it says, it has detected no new objects in space. Get Brett. an echo. Rich Edson at the State Department. Rich, thank you. A Senate panel was told today the Russian lawyer at that 2016 Tower meeting, Trump Tower meeting, is directly tied to President Putin's government. As new revelations come to light about the Obama administration's alleged targeting of the Trump transition team. Chief Intelligence Correspondent Catherine Harridge has an exclusive look at the sheer volume of the so-called unmasking requests during the presidential campaign. In this letter obtained by Fox News, the Republican chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Devin Nunez, updates the nation's intelligence chief, DNI Dan Coats, on the status of the unmasking investigation. Three of the nation's intelligence agencies received subpoenas in May, explicitly naming three top officials of the Obama administration. Former CIA Director John Brennan, former National Security Advisor Susan Rice, and former U.N. Ambassador Samantha Power. In what appears to be a reference to power, Nunez writes, one official whose position had no apparent intelligence-related function made hundreds of unmasking requests during the final year of the Obama administration. The letter continues, Obama-era officials sought the identities of Trump transition officials within intelligence reports. However, there was no meaningful explanation offered by these officials as to why they needed or how they would use this U.S. person information. During public testimony, an American who has done business in Russia claimed the lawyer at the 2016 Trump Tower meeting with Donald Trump Can Jr., Jared it, Kushner, and Paul Manafort, among others, was directly tied to Moscow. Okay, so it's funny because it's a transition there. It's, the stories are related, but that's an important transition. So that stuff is important. The unmasking of American names, which is supposed to be a, a very, very carefully controlled process because... You're not supposed to inadvertently eavesdrop on Americans and collect their names and when you're collecting foreign intelligence. And to unmask them is a very serious thing. You've got to have specific reasons for doing it. And you've got to lay them out carefully. It's like getting a, a warrant. And so the allegation is the Obama administration, for political reasons, was running roughshod over those rules to try to get dirt on Trump transition members. Now you've got... Was tapping Trump's phones in effect. Uh, in a way, yeah. As Trump claimed. Um... Then you've got this lawyer who's testifying. I don't know if you can go back 15 seconds, Vince, or whatever, um, about the lady lawyer. What's her name? The Russian lady lawyer who was in the infamous Donald Trump Jr. Uh, and, and and what's his name? The pretty boy with the Ray-Bans? Uh, Kushner. Jared Kushner. Until he, he, he bounced um, that infamous meeting. Um, and, and this part of it is really interesting and incredibly troubling. Fire it up, Vince. Hundreds of unmasking requests during the final year of the Obama administration. The letter continues. Obama-era officials sought the identities of Trump transition officials within intelligence reports. However, there was no meaningful explanation offered by these officials as to why they needed or how they would use this U.S. person information. What else? During public testimony, an American who has done business in Russia claimed the lawyer at the 2016 Trump Tower meeting with Donald Trump Jr., Jared Kushner, and Paul Manafort, among others, was directly tied to Moscow. She's worked for the FSB, 
the FSB being the successor organization to the KGB. Anti-corruption campaigner Bill Browder testified Natalia Veselnitskaya was Moscow's point of contact for repealing U.S. sanctions imposed after the alleged murder of Browder's lawyer. Russian President Putin retaliated, blocking adoptions to American parents, reportedly a subject of conversation at the 2016 meeting. Nobody was talking about adoption. They were talking about the repeal of sanctions so that Russian torturers and murderers could freely travel and keep their money in America. Browder said the Russian lawyer hired an American opposition research firm to smear him and plant false stories in the media. The same firm commissioned the unverified, salacious anti-Trump dossier. In a statement to Fox, a lawyer for the firm Fusion GPS denied spreading false information about Browder and his lawyer, adding the president and his allies are trying to smear them because the firm investigated Mr. Trump's ties to Russia. On the unmasking allegations, a spokesman for power said any actions she took were in the context of her National Security Council position advised President Obama and power has been unambiguous about the need for congressional Russia investigations. A spokeswoman for Rice said unmasking was done for intelligence, not political purposes, and there was no okay, immediate. We wrap it up. So the thing with the Russian lawyer lady and Fusion GPS, et cetera, et cetera. The adoption story again. That was retaliation by the Russians against our sanctions, which were levied because Putin and his goons had tortured and murdered this lawyer who was representing this Bill Browder character in in Russia. And it was so egregious, so horrifying, and so obvious that that's what happened. The United States passed sanctions against Russia. Now, this lady, what's her name, Skaya, um, is working with Fusion GPS on not only discrediting this Browder fella, planning horrifying stories about him in the press, although he appears to have the cleanest of noses. He's a, like, human rights anti-corruption activist. Um, But they're trying to smear him in the press. Simultaneously meeting with the Trump administration, lobbying against the sanctions, and then, and commissioning that anti-Trump, he wanted whores to whiz on the bed where Obama slept stuff. That is a perfect encapsulation of what Russia tries to do to countries that oppose them. They're playing both sides, not only against each other, but against the country and, and, and the rest of it. Meanwhile, they torture and murder people. Beautiful. Yeah, and if uh, Don Jr. was a little sharper or had talked to anybody uh, with any uh, history of dealing with things, they would have known exactly the sort of person they were going to be meeting with. Right, right. I I mean, they were so babes in the woods in that. And listen, it is possible that Trump has complex financial dealings with Russia. Some have alleged going back to his bankruptcy, some Russian oligarchs bailed him out. I have no idea if that's true. That might be 100% true. It might be 100% fictional. I, I do not know. But I will tell you this. I find it easy to believe that some of Trump's people, some of them, being quite new to this and or not being really steeped in the ethics of, all right, you're an incoming administration. You got to be very, very careful. I find it easy to believe that some of them got played by the incredibly skillful and incredibly vicious Russian intelligence services. And the Russians, what they do is they get you dirty. And then they know you can't say what happened because you're so dirty now. I think they did that to to do Donald Jr. and Manafort or whoever else. They got them really, really dirty. And now it's entirely possible Trump and company are still trying to cover that up instead of coming clean. Well, they I, I don't know this, but I think it. 
He was riding dirty. That's right, Reverend. For quite a while after this all broke, they kept going with the, she's not a representative of the government. She was just a lawyer about adoptions. I didn't buy that. No, 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 no. That's not the way Russia... That's laughable. Russia doesn't work that way. You don't get to just... It's not like the United States. You don't get to go around the world doing various things unless Putin wants you to. Yeah, it's not about adoptions. It's about rolling back the sanctions passed over the torture murder of this guy. And she's not just a lawyer. And, she's, and others. She's a journalist. She's tied in with the modern KGB. That's right. Yeah. She's one of their agents. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. Met with a KGB agent. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, we've got more White House reaction to the Mooch meltdown. The main reason ratings for NFL games dropped so dramatically last season. I've been wondering that. And, I want to hear that. And the surprising connection between Larry David and Bernie Sanders. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. They're the same person, so we can start there. Joe blamed the NFL ratings on Colin Kaepernick's fro. No, but I, I didn't. thought it was deeper than that. No, I didn't. <laughs> What? <laughs> Stay tuned. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. My brother's visiting, and apparently my kids got up and convinced my brother that they get the, that in the morning what they do is they sit down and watch as much TV as they want of whatever they want to watch. And he thought, okay, well, if that's what you do, I guess. Oh, boy. <laughs> he didn't know any better. And have ice cream, too. Yeah, that's exactly. Right, right. They, they, they Where's our morning ice cream? They should have pushed it further. We have chocolate drumsticks every morning. <laughs> uh, let's get to the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, maybe they're taking advantage of the chaos. This story just coming in. Japan says North Korea's fired what appears to be a missile could land in the waters off Japan. That story just breaking right now. Yeah, this is this is the yeah. great overarching overarch. Overarch that fits into all this craziness. All this craziness is just, you know, fun or maddening or whatever. Until we have an external threat. Right. At some point, there's going to be a crisis that is an external threat. Major terrorist attack, North Korea nuke, whatever, Iran, Russia invades a country, whatever. There's going to be something real going on, and you can't have all this chaos when you're trying to deal with that. You can't bring in all your supervisor or all your advisors on a big day. Okay, we need to get down and have a discussion. When they just called each other CSers and stuff in the New Yorker the day before. Mm. It's not helpful. Don't you think? You can't function if you have dysfunction. Mm. That's what dysfunction is. Exactly. Well, meanwhile, the White House is defending new communications chief Anthony Scaramucci. Oh! Forget about it. After his vulgar remarks during a magazine interview, White House spokeswoman Sarah Huckabee Sanders telling Fox News last night. Look, I think Anthony put out a, a statement here just moments ago and uh, stated that, you know, this is a guy who sometimes uses colorful and uh, in uh, many circles, probably not appropriate language. And uh, he's very passionate about the president, the president's agenda. And I think he may have let that get the best of him in that conversation. There you go. Got very, the best of very him. Very passionate about the president's uh-huh. agenda. Yes. She's good at that. Yes, at she that is. Job. She's, oh, really she's, good. she's brilliant. Yeah. But he's the guy in charge of the entire messaging structure of the administration. The persuasion of the American people, the pressuring of Congress, etc. He's in charge of the master plan to communicate with America and the world. And he just went crazy and started spouting obscenities to a reporter. That's a little little, uh, iffy. He just grabs the phone and goes off on someone. That's the the plan. That's rough. 
Respondents to a uh, J.D. Power survey named the national anthem protest that began with Colin Kaepernick as the top reason that they watched fewer NFL games last season. Wow. You know, that I did say. It's interesting, though, as as we pointed out multiple times. You got a half dozen people on your team that beat their wives and their kids. Well, it's in the news. Sure. Yeah. You, you put up with it. That also factored in, though. The polls surveyed nearly 10,000 people. 26% of them named the uh, national anthem protests for why they were watching fewer games. That was followed by 24% who named the NFL's off-field image issues like domestic abuse as the reason. You, you know, a couple of big differences, though. They don't beat their wives during the game while I'm trying to watch it. <laughs> Good you, Lord. You turn on the game, and you're forced to deal with the with the conversation of, is it anti-American, is it American, is Trump a bad guy, or the police brutality? Right. What a, I don't want to think about that. I'm just watching the game, and, and Colin doing that during the game made right. you think about well, it. Well, and then every other team either had guys who did it or didn't, and it was immediate, divisive, troubling politics to start the broadcast. Yeah, it was a fun suck. I would sit down for a game and be forced to deal with really deep, you know, uh, emotion-provoking issues of patriotism and violence. And uh, Oh, great. That's what I'm in the mood for. Well, it certainly all makes sense now. It is no secret that Larry David and Bernie Sanders bear an uncanny resemblance. As it turns out, the Seinfeld co-creator and Vermont uh, Vermont senator are distant relatives. David told reporters while he's out promoting the next season of his uh, hit HBO comedy Curb Your Enthusiasm that Sanders is a third cousin or something. I'm hungry, but I'm good. (laughs) And now, if you don't mind, I'm going to dial it right up to a 10. (laughs) Go right ahead. We're doomed. (laughs) We need a revolution. Millions of people on the streets. And we got to do something. And we got to do it now. Awesome. David discovered they were, we're doomed. David discovered they were related while filming we're doomed. An, while filming an episode of Finding Your Roots on PBS which traces the bloodlines of stars. Now if you don't mind I'm going to dial it right up to a 10. Go ahead. <laughs> and we're doomed. And that's your news. I'm Marshall oh, Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty show, the voice of the West. There'll never be an election as much fun as that one yeah. ever. I just hope this all ends well. <laughs> I really do, because it might not. It's not supposed to be entertaining. Darn. In, in the sense of, gee, that was funny or exciting. Oh, boy. Oh, golly. Oh, gee. You know what we're going to do? We're going to move presidential debates to after 10 p.m. and start using colorful language. <laughs> you realize boring people discussing the intricacies of health care would actually be better for the country. <laughs> I'm not sure we have it in us anymore. I don't think we do. I don't think we do. Good gersh. What TV shows you should be watching, among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. She took down a photograph of our wedding day. Ripped it down. For seven years, Republicans have been promising the American people that we would repeal Obamacare. And the American people are entirely justified in saying any politician who told me that and voted the other way didn't tell me the truth. They lied to me. 
no party can remain in power by lying to the American people. Our party lied, and no party can remain in power lying to people. I would disagree, so but that's, I appreciate the sentiment. Ted Cruz, ladies and germs. I think if you tell people they can have a dollar thirty worth of government for a dollar perpetually, you will get elected over and over again. Apparently, but uh, I can't. I just can't deal with it anymore. At least not right now. So North Korea launched a missile. What the heck? Yeah, it was actually expected a couple of days ago, but there was bad weather. But yeah, they're they're uh, they're shaking their uh, they're rattling their saber. Yeah. Toward Japan may have landed in their economic zone, which would be a some problem. Although, what are you can do? Say, don't do that anymore. Sanction. China. All right, a little fathead. He's an ass kicking, huh? So, Game of Thrones. Uh, the all the ratings are in on all six different platforms that you have to measure in the modern world to figure out how many people watched something. Hmm. Interesting. TV, DVR, HBO Go, HBO Now, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They add it all together, and it's it's up around twenty million, as we uh, I think we had the other day, which is a lot of people watching a cable news channel that you got to pay extra for. But I was looking at the list of what else people are watching. What are the other top-rated cable news shows? And cable news shows? Or I mean, just cable, just cable shows. shows, just cable shows, and yeah, and only on cable. This list doesn't include uh, network shows. But I, I'm not going to get into any of them because it seems pretty clear to me, and and the highest rating rated one has 2 million people watching it, we have no shared TV experiences anymore. Mm-hmm. Everybody around you has three or four shows they w- love that you've never even, not only have you not seen it, you've never even heard of it. Right. And it's their favorite show. There's just, there's no, we show up and all talk about Knott's Landing or Seinfeld or whatever well, really giant show is on. I mean, you could with a narrow friend group, but for our purposes here, you'd no, have to be a that narrow, doesn't exist anymore. You'd have to be a narrow friend group. Yeah, and for our purposes, definitely not. So after Game of Thrones, you get down to uh, Suits, Power, The Strain, Preacher, Animal Kingdom, Queen Sugar, Queen of the South, Snowfall, and Nashville. I think I've heard of three of those ten shows. I got a couple them. of friends banging on me to watch Shameless. Is that not on the list? I haven't watched any All of right these. I've no, only heard a couple of them. That one's on another premium channel. It's very rare so, for things like Game of Thrones on premium channels to to make it under those sort of lists. But when I did someone, see... Yep. When someone talks about a TV show nowadays, the first question is always, where is that? And then if they start going into Amazon slash Hulu slash YouTube slash Netflix, you just... Okay. Slash Google it. Um, but then there's TV. Well, just I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to. Leave me alone. Oh yeah, I might. I might. But yeah, I see. I know what you mean. HBO has a new show out that's getting some attention called Confederate. They just announced it last week, which imagines a successful Southern secession and the continuation of slavery to the present. So this is the the people who are behind Game of Thrones. This is their next project. Yeah, wow. I saw so, an editorial entitled HBO. Please don't make Confederate. Yeah. So uh, a media online backlash. That this is a misguided, awful idea. I don't know why. What? You know, the I'm, internet hates everything. Twitter hates everything. I'm a white guy. <laughs> What's wrong with imagining what would America be like if the South had won and slavery still existed? That would have never happened. I mean, the South could have won and slavery could have continued for a little while, but it would have gone away. Right. Um, but anyway, why? Why is that awful to imagine that? Is that something you're not allowed to do? Uh. Most of the complaints I got kind of tried to tie it to it's a little too real right now, right? Because there's this whole thing that, you know, the, the, the alt-right, the Nazis, the, you know, it's... Oh, please. It's a, wow. Yeah, they, they, were, wow. they were stretching on it. I, 
it was it was handled in a sloppy way. It wasn't done at like a Comic Con panel where they could actually explain what their goals for it was. It was just a, a very short paragraph press release. So that allowed people to kind of extrapolate whatever fears that they already had brewing onto that announcement. So you got a smash hit where the Nazis won the war and are controlling the world, and then the Jews are supposed to be fine with that TV show, but the Confederate show. Although I wouldn't want to watch it. I mean, I I I would be will, willing to read. One of those, uh, what if history had gone this way, novels. But I don't want to see, like, slavery. I don't, I don't know. If it weren't for the the showrunners behind it, I probably wouldn't check it out. But oh, I, not not the showrunners stuff. Nobody cares about is. that. No, but, this is, there, there are 20 million people <laughs> watching a premium HBO show. These guys are the ones behind it. They're the ones that translated it to, to the screen. They could have handpicked and done literally anything that they wanted to. They had a blank check to do whatever show they wanted. This is the one they chose. I'm interested to see what they do yeah, with it. Yeah, and there's no reason to think they're going to depict horrifying slavery. It might just, you know. They, they didn't do Michael Phelps racing the shark, did they? They didn't no. think of that. <laughs> so how smart are they? <laughs> Idiot. They didn't think, let's take the world's best swimmer and see if he can beat a shark, and then say, oh, we can't. how would we do that? I don't think we can. I guess we'll just have to have oh, a computer now, shark. Now you griping again. That was the best show <laughs> Well, the ever. runners didn't get it right. That was a great show. Yes, Vince? The, the backlash has seemed just manufactured and yeah. phony from well, the But you know what? You know what? I fell for it. <laughs> this, this stuff is always fake. It got me to read about a show I hadn't otherwise heard of, and we just talked about it for five minutes. Well, I fell for it. You're I an fell effing for paranoid it. schizophrenic in the words of Anthony Scaramucci. Oh! Or, or it's 20 people or 100 people on Twitter right. who use the F word and got outraged, and that's being reported on. It looks to me, from reading the latest government uh, interview that I read, that everybody uses the F word, and much more. <sighs> Boy. These are troubled times. There already is a show that imagines uh, the Nazis won. It's Man in the High Castle on the Yeah, Amazon. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a big hit. And like the final... Oh, which brings me to uh, this tote bag. Very popular tote bag. Prominent designer. My favorite color is glitter. But look at the font they use, Jack. Your favorite color is glitter. That's right. And look what it looks like. My favorite color is... It, well, because of the font, it looks like it says my favorite color is Hitler. Yeah. Well, that's not a color at all. No. Not only that, but... He was a monstrous dictator. <laughs> Why would I want that on my tote bag? <laughs> yep, that's exactly the problem. My I'm not a fan of Hitler. A tote bag that says, my favorite color is Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> nice font. A lot of fonts are too complicated. I mean, if your writing is that sloppy, you need better penmanship. Come on, it's a computer font. Come up with better penmanship. Here, here. Hey, you don't want to insult people with your tote bag. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.